today I get to talk to you about family because family is a strong value and it's a value that we need to have. And I don't just mean family as in uh, a family because you're a blood relative because if you have accepted Christ, we're all blood relatives. Jesus Christ's blood. Amen? Well, we're all family. You know, when we do the baby, we call them baby dedications, but it's really a parent-child dedication. But you'll notice that the, as soon as Pastor Bill's done talking to the couple, he turns around and he asks the rest of the congregation, doesn't he? If you're willing to help this family be part of raising and helping this child, would you stand? And, and invariably, everybody, I haven't seen anybody stay seated. Of course, I try to stay in the back to make sure and knock them upside the head if they do. But, but I'm kidding. I'd, I'd catch them before then. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is, it takes us all. It's a family. Because what your children are doing in, in Sunday school or in children's church right now is another member. It's not mom or dad, is it? So they're helping you instill those values. And I think that's what's incredible is we can all be family. I've got one key verse I want us to read together, if we could, this morning. Garrett's going to put it up on the screen. And I'm going to ask you, would you please stand with me and read this verse out of Hebrews, uh, the 11th chapter, the 7th verse. And I ask us all to read it together, if you would, with me, please. Uh, Reading, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you are living and breathing in that word and that we might take from it what we need today and be able to take it forward from here. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Please be, be seated. And there's one other verse I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll understand today, and that's Luke chapter 2, verse 52, where Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. You know, as as a body of believers, as a body of believers, I I think we need to realize the importance of having families that are united and strong. They have to be united and strong. And as a church, as a church, we should minister to the entire family, not just part of it, and provide ministries appropriate to the needs of all age groups. And as far as we have volunteers, we do that really pretty well. Now, occasionally, volunteers forget to show up, and it gets a little hectic. And I've been praying for Melissa for the last two weeks down there in the children's area. She's had a little issue there. But we do the best we can. Now, I also want to share with you that a family's involvement at Emmanuel, your involvement here, we as the church should be able to enhance your home and be able to enrich your marriage and empower your families to worship. Now, I'm not trying to take away from family devotionals. I think they're, they're wonderful. And if you have incorporated that into your life, I honor you today. That's a great thing because it's powerful and it's formative. And, and it's biblical to pray together and study together and share together. So I don't want to take away from that. But here at Emmanuel, we need to enhance that. We need to uplift you to make it easier to do that. And I believe here at Emmanuel that we strive to help with early Christian training of children and youth. Uh, We use relevant ministry activities and try to enable their life in Christ to begin at a young age. You see, children's ministry should be vibrant and relevant and facilitate an experience with God's word and his presence. 
I believe our ministry here to the family must develop three things in our kids. Three things. First, it needs to develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a willingness to put their faith in God through every situation in life. You're going to hear me say a personal relationship with Jesus Christ about 30 more times. Hopefully you get it today. I had a homiletics professor once said that in a message, you tell the people what you're going to tell them. And then you tell them. And then you tell them what you were going to tell them. So you're going to hear it a lot. Secondly, that we need to help them develop wisdom to make godly choices based on Scripture. Godly choices. And, and, and then fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ and a demonstration of love and kindness. You see, we as individuals need to invest in our family. We need to invest in our family. I'm sure many of you have heard of Warren Buffett. Um, he's, he's, of course, one of the richest men in America. In fact, in 1997, he was among the 70 or so people in this country who were worth $1 billion with a B dollars. You know? Well, Buffett it was one of the few who acquired his wealth through investing. Now, many investors look to him for wisdom and advice. His firm, Berkshire Hathaway, has one of the most widely read annual reports that's out there. And, of course, there's a book been written about his investment strategy, and it's called The Warren Buffett Way. But let me ask you a question. If you were an investor, if you could sit down with Warren Buffett for a while and get some investment tips, would you? Everybody's head goes like this. You guys are too quiet. Okay, who's asleep over here? I don't want to have another egg in the box. Well, let me share with you, folks. Your family is your greatest treasure. Your family is your greatest treasure. If you could get some investment tips on how to grow it in quality, would you be interested? Everybody's head goes like this. Well, those of you that have opened your Bible today, you have in your hand a treasure of investment strategies for growing family relationships. God's word contains countless pro-life principles and precepts. If we learn and practice them, we will make our families relationally wealthy. Here's the instructions. Um, A lot of you heard my acronym for Bible, right? Basic instruction before leaving earth. You know, this is the instruction book. Everything's in it, especially for raising our families. <laughs> I know we most have DVRs and such now, but anybody still have a VCR in your house? Does it have a VCR? Yeah. Does it flash 12 o'clock? Does it flash 12? It usually it flashes 12 o'clock. You see... <laughs> Most of us don't know how to program that goofy clock. We can make it record anything, but we can't get that clock to say it. But at least it's right twice a day. You know, 12 o'clock, it's right twice a day. You see, there's a big difference between owning something and understanding how it works. Big difference. People that have a brief acquaintance with a second language 
know the gap between hearing words and understanding the meaning of those words. Um, you know, as, as part of our ministry here, we're sponsoring the mission start in Mojave for the Hispanic ministry down there with Luis Hernandez. And, and uh, Luis's his English is far better than my Spanish. And between the two of us, we still can't communicate. You know, but because I'm burrito and taco. That's, that's about the extent of it. I can do tostada too, but not real often. You know, but we have a communication gap. And, and the only reason is that I have this little bit of knowledge in his language. I can hear words, but that doesn't mean I know what they are. There's a big difference between owning something and understanding how it works. I see Garrett's a line ahead of me. Let me give you this one. First, you need to see the treasure in your family. You need to see that treasure. You need to be able to work with that treasure. You need to understand that treasure. See, a miner uh, was asked, a gold miner was asked one time, how do you mine precious gold? He said, you dig out a ton of dirt to find an ounce of gold. The challenge is making sure you see the gold as you dig through all the dirt. Do you see the gold in your family? Do you see the gold in your family? Do you see the gifts that God has entrusted to your children? Do you see the work of God in your spouse? Or do you overlook the gold in the dirt? Next, you need to teach your family the scriptures. You need to teach your family the scriptures. You know, in the Old Testament, when the... uh, when God's people were about to enter the promised land, they were less than a month away from the death of Moses and, and the leadership of Joshua, where in, in just a few weeks, he would lead them to cross the Jordan River. And we know there were giants in the land and, and, and many other groups inhabiting uh, the place where God had promised his people a land flowing with milk and honey. And there would be many battles and much anxiety. What was God's plan? What was the first and foremost item on the agenda to prepare for this difficult time? Did he say increase defense spending? I don't think so. Or stockpile weapons? No. Did he tell them to roll over their 401k? Take out a savings account or open a CD or to prepare for a possible depression? No. He says, you should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and teach them diligently to your children. Why? That it may be well with you in order that you may go in and possess the good land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers by driving out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has spoken. Teach them to your children. You see, this is a promise for a nation, but it's a conditional promise. It's conditional. It's predicated on parents diligently instructing their children in the word of God and seeing to it that every day God's word stays in their hearts. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what they teach in school, folks. It doesn't matter how corrupt the government or the judges or the city council gets. If you aren't fortifying your family with God's word and godly living, you're just putting a different label on the same bottle of poison. That's not the typical Mother's Day message. Usually you raise the mothers and slam the fathers. I just figured I'd get everybody. You see, 
The greatest problem we have in this nation will not be fixed by who is in the White House. It must be fixed by the parents in our house. Now, some of you are sitting here saying, well, I don't have kids at home anymore. Guess what? Parent never leaves the title. When you first have a child, you are a parent. When that child has a child, you are a grandparent. When that child has a child, you are a great-grandparent. It never leaves. Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) Just shattered his whole dream. (laughs) Problems in this nation are going to be fixed by the parents in our house, folks. Okay, moving on. You need to teach your children to have a personal relationship with the Lord. See, that's the heart of God's plan for you and your family. You need to teach your children from the time they are born to the time they leave home. And I have since learned you don't even get to stop then. Some of us have boomerang kids. You know what a boomerang kid is? It's one that leaves home, multiplies, and comes back. Wow. I don't know. Boomerang kids. We have to teach them. You see, the number one responsibility that we have as parents is to teach our children that they must have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you counting how many times I've told you that so far? I just want you to be sure and get it. There is no other option. There is no other option. If your children leave home without a personal relationship and a lifetime commitment to Jesus Christ, their only other option is a man-made religion. That means man gets to make the rules. It means whoever has the most influence gets your kids. Think about it. Think about it real hard. And ask yourself the question, who's in charge right now? You say yourself, are you sure? Are you sure? See, what... What good does it do to raise a child in the finest home, in the finest schools, with the finest education, in the greatest nation, to get them the greatest job in order to get the nicest things, only for them to end up in the grave in the most beautiful casket, standing for the judgment of a God that he don't even know? We must teach our children to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the primary relationship for which we were originally intended. If we can't influence our own children for Jesus Christ, then we have failed in our primary mission as parents. There is no more important job for a parent on planet Earth than to show your children the basic training step of life to have a personal relationship with God. Okay. Next, you need to teach your children to love the Lord. Teach your children to love the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about a run-of-the-mill attitude that seems most people have for God. It's one thing to acknowledge God. It's completely another to love God. See, there's a special kind of love that God is seeking. and There's a special kind of devotion that God deserves, desires, and demands just as you rightfully seek from your own family. It's a love that is complete, 
a love that is faithful and a love that is reverent. If you really care about your kids, you will teach them to fear the Lord. We must teach our children to have a personal relationship with the Lord that is loving, faithful, and reverent. We also must teach our children to obey the Lord. You see, the families of today are going to decide how the next generation will live. We must teach our children to obey the Lord diligently, daily, and deliberately. And we must set the example. Your children will walk your walk before they talk your talk. Now, here comes the statement that you're either going to say amen or oh my. It's been said that the footsteps a child follows are the ones that the parents thought they had covered up. Amen or oh my. The word of God is the only answer. Word of God needs to be on display in our homes. It needs to be somewhere. And I'm not talking about the white Bible that you dust off on the counter. You know, the one that you got to be sure you put out before the preacher comes over. Y'all aren't from where I'm from. <laughs> it needs to be in every area of our life, folks. Displayed all over. Next, you need to teach your children to remember the Lord. To remember the Lord. You see, if there is a danger of forgetting God, then there is the danger of forsaking God. When a nation forgets God, it begins to ask the question, who is God? Then when a nation begins forsaking God, they ask the question, who needs God? And that's exactly what happened to the nation of Israel. So if you study the history of Israel throughout the Bible, you'll, you'll see four stages of spiritual corruption, and they can't be missed. Four stages of it. First, they went through independence to indulgence to indifference to irreverence. They must remember the Lord. It's not an easy job. Next, you need to listen to your family. Don't just teach them. James 1.19 of the New Living Translation says that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Parents, I don't know of any child that would be repulsed by a parent who was quick to really listen to them. It's so much easier to shout out orders than it is to listen to what they have to say. I know. I did it. And it was wrong. It was wrong. You see, sometimes our kids have knowledge we don't have. And we won't get it if we don't listen. Now, sometimes, folks, I agree, they're just plain stupid. And you can't fix stupid. We know that. But we need to listen to them anyway. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know you've heard that cliche probably a thousand times, and some of you are going, oh, I've got to write that one down. never heard it before. The point being, we need to listen. And we need to be proud of them when they do the right things. I've got to share this with you. It's, I just want to share that what, what's happened in, in our life 
because of trying to follow God and following what he's doing. Um, every other year or, or so, it's been a couple years now, uh, Michelle and I try to go up to, uh, in the fall, to a Hume Lake Couples Conference. Uh, it, a lot of it's more time for us uh, together, but they usually have really great speakers and, and, and great music, and, and it's just a weekend time to get reminded of what's important in life. Well, this year, in September, for the very first time, our, our married children are going with us. That's a, a answer to prayer. You know, it's an answer to prayer. And, and the weekend after we get back from that, our daughter has a birthday and she's getting married the next month. Uh, now, granted, it's kind of later in life. Most everybody gets married in their 20s. She'll be 36 when she gets married. And her brothers say it's my fault. Well, I, I've been the only date she's really had. You know, I'm a tough act to follow. That's not true. But the point was, I've always taught her to never marry a man you can live with. Marry a man you can't live without. And it just took a long time for her to find somebody that was as follically challenged as I am. <sighs> Rest of you will get that on the way home. Google, follically challenged. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But let me close with this last point, And I think this is probably the most important point. Pray. For your children. Pray for your children. My prayer has been that my children will be in heaven with me. See, a father's greatest prayer is for the salvation of their kids. More important, it's more important than their prosperity, their education, their athleticism, or their musical abilities, is that they are saved. That they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What would it profit a man to gain the world and lose his family? How great a failure to be able to reach across the globe in missions but lose your flesh and blood from God's kingdom. I can't believe how empty a place heaven would be without my sons and my daughter. Now, this is one of those personal statements. I'm not saying that you need to have it, but this is my thought. And my thought is that if if my kids and their families don't go to heaven with me, I have failed as a father. I've prayed many times to God to please let all my children know and don't let them be one of the lost and help me show them a loving heavenly father. And above all, don't let my life turn them off to you. I got asked one time why uh, I don't have outward showings of my love for God on my car. Because some people, you know, they have their their bumper stickers. Well, it's, it's simply because my driving habits are not the best. And I don't want people judging Christianity on my driving habits. Don't let my life turn them off to you. Here at Emmanuel, we believe that the family is the strongest entity we have. Without the family, there is no church. And it's through church that we can reach the community. I have a a, a plaque on my wall, my office. And it's just a simple statement. And I ask God to help me be part of the solution and not part of the problem. I pray that you will all adapt that same thing. That we all are part of the solution and not part of the problem. And that you help your kids have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because they will walk your walk long before they talk your talk. I don't know where you're at today. 
And I don't know if you're just needing special prayer, but there is a connection card in the seat in front of you. And if we can pray with you about any of this, please write that on the card and pass it in the offering plate that we'll be going by in just a short bit. Because we do want to pray with you if we can. Come alongside of you and help you do whatever is necessary. Story is told of a gentleman who had lost his wife. He'd lost his wife and he had been very lonely and, and, and such. And, and one day this neighbor little girl was, just went over to see him. And she was over there quite a while and she came back home and her mom said, Dear, what were you doing over there? You can't be any help to him. He's lost his wife. She said, well, I just went over to help him cry. We just want to come alongside of you to help you get from wherever you're at to wherever God wants you to be. I have this motto. It's come as you are, but don't stay that way. Let God change your heart. Will you pray with me? Abba, Father, we come to you so thankful that you have given us this time. Thankful that you have led us in a way that only you could lead. And Father, I just pray for all of our mothers that are here today for what they have gone through and what they've given up for us. Whether they're a mother by birth, by adoption, whatever the reason. But Father, they have loved us when we were wrong. They've loved us when we were right. They've been proud of us through it all. Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you for these that have come into your house today to to follow you, to grow with you, and to realize, Father, that the real need is for our household, that we will truly magnify you in all we do. And we thank you, Father, for all that you've done. In your son's name, amen.